Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- I a bachelor. Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. At a time when there seems to be little agreement on anything, there is one great unifier. Pizza. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. It's Friday. This is This Week in Bachelor Nation. We're going to be giving you all that news, all those parasocial plays. All those gains, that state of the world. We're going to be giving you our screams from the pit. But before we get to any of that, we must comment on the opening quote you just heard. That voice was none other than the recently wed Wells Adams promoting his new Hulu show, Best in Dough. It is a pizza cooking competition reality program that he's hosting. What else would that title be? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just, I don't know. Feels like he's stepping on the Ultimate Vikings territory here a little bit. 
Seems like completely Ultimate Viking should have had this show. But you know what? Ultimate Viking stepped on Rodney's territory being the ultimate underdog. Now Wells is stepping on Ultimate Viking's territory being the pizza boy. I mean, I hope he at least has Clayton on. I hope Clayton is competing. As a guest judge, that would be fantastic. Yeah. He and Susie should come on. Clayton and his girl, Sue. Yep. Ugh. Well, congrats to Wells and congrats on this very well-timed parasocial play to promote your new business. I hope it's very successful. And we'll come on. We'll rate the pizzas too. Oh, for sure. Please have us on. I, I think it's such a an interesting life to lead where you are tying in the promotion of your new show about pizza with your wedding to a TV star that is attended by several reality TV stars. We're going to get into that. Rest assured, that is definitely going to be in the news, yeah. their wedding. but The royal wedding. Yeah, it's always interesting to see how these people time out the, the promotions of their various projects with the big events in their lives. I mean, you gotta. You gotta capitalize. I hope you will as well when you have big life events. I don't have big life events. What if you were to get a pet? That's a big life event? <laughs> If you get a pet, you have to post about Gore right after. Okay. Clues. okay. If Us Weekly comes to cover me getting a pet, then I will <laughs> I will post about Gore right after it. That's it's like a gotta have goals. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know that my big life events are actually interesting to anyone. But thank you for joining us. Uh, we hope you enjoyed that opening clip. And before we get into the meat of our show, we do have some announcements. I would like to issue two corrections to my analysis of this week's game on Tuesday, the Hometowns episode. First, I incorrectly stated that the Adams Family-style hometown involving a bird funeral was KCB. That was not the KCB hometown date. The KCB hometown date was also an Adams family, but that was on Ben Flajnik's season, and her family didn't want her to move to California. They denied the blessing. We're very tough. Actually, Naomi Crespo on Jason Mesnick's season is the one who had the Adams family bird story. She took Jason Mesnick home in 2009 and her mom told this story of how this dove had hit into her car and then she finished the story by producing the post-mortem creature in a bag that had been in their familial home freezer uh, so that <laughs> Mesny could uh, eulogize the bird. Mm. And yeah, that is the one that I was referring to. Apologies there. God, simpler times. And my <laughs> I think that it's it's time for another hometown day like that. You know, a really wild one. Pet burial. My second correction is that my creature of the week, those two giant dogs on the pier during the Tyler hometown day portion were... I said they were Dalmatians, and apparently they were really Great Danes. Oh. Apologies. How are you supposed to know that, though? They were just big spotted dogs. <laughs> exactly. Well, I accept your apologies, and I hope that the nation does as well. And before we move on, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has given a listen to The Necessary Conversation, this other podcast that I'm doing where I talk to my parents about current political issues. They are far right. I am not. 
And it is, uh, it's definitely put a strain on our relationship. We don't really talk anymore. And so I'm using this podcast as a way to open up the channels of communication with my family again. And I, I, I sincerely appreciate everybody who has listened to this, especially the people who are taking the time to message me to tell me that it mirrors their own relationship with their parents or that it's astonishing to hear that political views like those of my parents even exist. <laughs> those are really good That's messages hilarious. to get, but... They're like, this is a crisis act. <laughs> These can't be your real parents. <laughs> oh, God. If only it were true. Well, you're welcome as a necessary for listening. And Oh, thank you very much. Yes, Pace Case is a necessary. She's in the, the group of listeners. But uh, this next episode that's going to come out on Monday is going to be with me and my sister. And my sister is a... I don't know if she's millennial or Gen X. She may be on the cusp. But she is a head-to-toe tattooed lady who owns a small business and has three kids and is just kind of a general badass, goes skydiving, does all this kind of stuff, and very politically left. Mm, a John Hersey type. Yeah, exactly. A John Hersey type. And uh, she is going to be talking to me about her political views, her history, and how her views have strained her relationship with our parents. Should be fun times. So tune into that on Monday. <laughs> Before we get into Twibbon, we have one piece of business. The official Sauce Wars merch is here, designed by the illustrious Ella Tolkien. You can pick up five different colors, proudly rep which side of the Sauce Wars you're on. I'm on the green Sauce Wars side of the Sauce Wars oh. t-shirt wars. <laughs> <There it is. laughs> Just <laughs> go to gameofroses.co to get your uniform today. Start peacocking, continue, elevate your peacocking. And also, I am learning how to edit video, and I have been editing our video recordings of our podcast for our game breakdowns. So our hometowns video is up on patreon.com slash game of roses. If you would like to see all the face play that Clues and I make while we record our game breakdowns. There's ample face play. You and I do a lot of it, I feel like. But I can't control it, but it happens. My eyebrows out of control. That's something I've learned. <laughs> I can't either. When you're saying stuff like Rachel Recky as Huju was on the same level as Kelsey Weir, you you bet your ass there's gonna be some face play coming from me out of a statement <laughs> like that. Look, some some of the pit agrees with me. There is a debate ongoing on the Instagram post about it on Game of Roses Pod Instagram. If you'd like to weigh in. Mm-hmm. Moving on, we are going to start today's program with uh, some discourse about something that is outside of the world of our game to some degree. This is Game of Roses. State of the World. Now, from time to time, if you've listened to this program, you know that myself, Bachelor Clues, is very interested in the UFO phenomenon, recently renamed by our corrupt government, the UAP phenomenon, unidentified aerial phenomenon, phenomenon. <laughs> you know, that was a point that was also made and I just saw Nope last night so I can also contribute. And that was a point that they made in it. They were like, they renamed it just so that people wouldn't care. Yeah. Well, it's basically like a rebranding technique because UFOs, that moniker, that initialization has mm -hmm. been for the past 
70 years really associated with like crackpots and the government uh, trying to make anyone who says they've seen a UFO or been abducted or had any experience make them seem invalid and like crazy people, et cetera, et cetera. So they're really making a hard mm -hmm. attempt to break from what the old UFO moniker meant and usher in this new era of UAP because the government is now starting the process of disclosure, of saying to the American public, UFOs are real or UAPs, whatever, and they don't think... What does UAP stand for? Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. But even that now is is starting to become antiquated because a lot of these are not aerial. A lot of them are in the sea. And so that is what I wanted to talk <laughs> about today. Yeah, you're laughing. I mean, this is all corroborated by the United States government, Congress, DOD, Pentagon. And and this is part of why the I think they're moving to that new moniker is because when you even say UFO, it still gets a, a pretty common reaction like the one you just gave. A laughter, a, like a rolling of the eyes. Meanwhile, there are literal, I don't know if they're fucking aliens. That's looking less and less likely to me, actually, based on some stuff that came out this week. But basically what I wanted to get into, this has nothing to do with The Bachelor. I just think it's very important for people to... No, it does have to do with The Bachelor. Oh. And we'll tell you at the end. Oh, very nice. But uh, I just wanted to say that I think a lot of people still hold this attitude that UFOs or UAPs are these kind of crackpot conspiracy theory things, and they're just not anymore. And I've, I've mentioned this a couple other times on the show. Over the past five years, a bunch of articles have been coming out in publications like Vanity Fair, The New York Times, CNN, trusted news sources. Tell me when it hits Us Weekly and I'll get in. <laughs> How dare you? How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> yeah. Were there any aliens? I don't care if there were celebrities at the Wells Adams Sarah Highland wedding. How many aliens were there? But probably a lot, actually. Probably a lot. They were probably watching that very closely. So what has been going on in this past week <laughs> or these past five years is all these articles are coming out where the Pentagon and the Navy and the DOD, Department of Defense, they're all saying, here are videos of UFOs. These are real videos. We don't know what these things are. And these things that have been coming out are very uh, tip of the iceberg. It's, I would say, widely, I don't even want to say rumor, rumored. It, I think it is accepted within the UFO community that the government has crystal clear videos and pictures of real UFOs, potentially the inhabitants of these, these craft. Are you saying that Roswell, New Mexico is a documentary? Not a scripted show. I don't. I've never seen Roswell, New Mexico. I don't know what it's about. No one has. <laughs> they don't want you to. We'll get to that. The government doesn't want you to watch it. <laughs> You're wrong. Some people did watch it this week, and we will be getting to that. But all of this is basically leading into what I think is a, and what a lot of people think is a coming full disclosure from the United States government about what we actually have and what we actually know about these craft and potentially the, the beings that made them or inhabit them as they're flying. And this week, a bunch of stuff just came out where Congress basically redefined what a UFO is and they included in that definition that they are pieces of technology that are not made by human beings. They're not saying what it was made by, but they are saying definitely not human beings. And currently, there is no technology that we know of that's not made by human beings. Currently, most technology is made by human beings or like 
orangutans, right? Yeah, and they're not like, in quotes, making technology. They're using tools. I mean, that is the most rudimentary form of technology, but they can use like a stick to get termites out of a log, shit like that. That's not technology? It's it's a tool. I mean, technically it's technology, but you know what I mean. It's not like a okay. two-part thing that they're ma- they're putting two things together to make like an axe or something. Trying to clarify for those of us not deep in UFO talk. Right. Understood. Uh, certainly UFOs are are far more advanced than a stick to get termites out of a log. They are exhibiting all kinds of flight capabilities that not only can no human craft replicate, they defy the laws of physics as we know them. Uh, things where a craft can come out of the sea and go into the upper atmosphere in under a second. Things where craft that are moving hundreds of miles an hour can make sharp right and left 90 degree turns with no visible propulsion mm-hmm. system, no sound, no exhaust, things of this nature. Sounds threatening. Well, that's why all of this information is now coming out. Uh, what came out this week was Congress admitted that these craft are everywhere. They are being seen constantly. Wait, what do you mean everywhere? Globally. But specifically, they're starting to show up a lot over uh, Ukraine, the war in Ukraine. And many people theorize it's because the nuclear reactor there is now starting to play a major part in this war. Russia is occupying this giant nuclear reactor. They are launching missiles out of it, trying essentially to provoke some kind of attack on it so that there might be a nuclear meltdown. And uh, there have been a lot of UFO sightings over the years around nuclear facilities, things of that nature. So one of the things that is coming out about this is... Congress is now changing the definition of what UFOs are in a way that is kind of eliminating the idea of these are alien craft, like from other planets. Although that might still be possible, it's starting to look much more now like these things are interdimensional objects, interdimensional technologies. And there is a theory now getting floated that Earth is some kind of like travel hub for interdimensional travelers. And if we start blowing up nuclear shit, it fucks up their ability to travel through this space. Um, There's also a theory that because these things are very widely reported to be in the sea, that potentially this is an older civilization, older than humanity, who has been evolving at the bottom of the sea for millions more years than we have. And they just are other Earth-dwelling sentient creatures. Mermaids. Yeah, something like that. If you ever seen the movie The Abyss by James Cameron, that's kind of what that movie is about. I saw uh, Godzilla versus... King Kong. King Kong. Yeah. And that was a part of that as well. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Do we need to send people to the core? No, I don't know. I mean, I just think that it's like an important thing to start getting our minds around the idea that these are real. I don't know if they're alien. I don't know if they're extra-dimensional beings. I don't know if they're an ancient civilization that has lived at the bottom of our oceans since the dawn of time. I don't know. But these are not human, and they are real. And they are... The reports that are coming out of Ukraine, and this isn't covered in mainstream media, but like I, I follow a lot of fucking UFO shit. Where is it covered? UFO TikTok mainly. But you, you get little glimpses of it sometimes in mainstream media, like on a news program. There's a guy named Jeremy Corbell who's kind of like the... He's become the, the forefront of releasing UFO technology. He's worked closely with Tom DeLong, who's stri- the Blink-182 guy who strangely is like forcing all of this to happen by buying footage and doing documentaries. Um, they work together a lot. 
and they kind of they release stuff that is the most interesting stuff, the most like contemporary whatever. And um, they all also think that uh, it's coming. The disclosure is coming for what reason we don't know, but they are essentially saying that there are UFO sightings ramping up over Ukraine right now, as well as all over the world. Like the frequency of them is definitely increasing and has been increasing for the past 10 years, roughly. Um, why don't why don't people have good video of it? Because these things fly a million miles an hour. They're in the upper atmosphere. They can transition from the ocean to the upper atmosphere in under a second. My video barely, my camera can mm -hmm. barely make me look good. You know, it's like, I know we all have cameras now and, and that's a big excuse that people use, but it's like you try and get a shot of anything in the sky. That's a thousand meters away. You, you can't do it. Well, I ask this because that is the main storyline of Nope is people trying to get footage of aliens mm -hmm. get that what they call it the Oprah shot like that people will actually believe and they bring up the the Navy video mm. and they're like oh, the quality and they talk about a lot of the stuff that you're talking about right now I think you would like it and it's a very fun movie yeah I'll check it out and Kiki Palmer is amazing she's so funny what you're talking about the Oprah shot or whatever I think does exist it just ain't in the hands of a civilian Mm. Our government. They got disappeared. Well, no, it's just like in some archive or whatever. It was the guy from Hannah Brown's early season who she had a one on one date who disappeared. He had it. Yeah, probably. Uh, no, I mean, I think that over the years, there have been people like Bob Lazar, for example. He's an interesting figure in the UFO community. He, back in the 80s, came out and claimed that he got conscripted to work on this project to reverse reverse engineer the propulsion system in a UFO and that they had a UFO in this hangar by Area 51 and that's where he worked. And he came out and he said all of this. Immediately, he was discredited. The United States government tried to erase his college record. They tried to make him disappear. And he's still been around. He's still talking about it. And now some of the stuff that he was talking about back in the eighties that didn't exist then he was like, there's an element that these craft use that we don't have on earth. Right. So some of it was correct. Yes. And now since then we've been able to produce that element or he would see like the machining, the, the actual like material science used to create the crafts shell. He was like, I don't know what this is. There's like no seams. There's no rivets. Like, I don't get how this was made. Now we have 3D printing. And he's like, it's some version of that. Clearly, that's what it was. Look, I don't know if it's conspiracy town, but I do know that if there were real sightings of aliens, that is exactly what the government would do. They wouldn't want to freak people out. No, they would want to control the information. I don't think they give a fuck about people at all. It's about if we have this information and we make it public, then Russia is going to know what we what information we have about UFOs. So is China. Mm. It's all just a game of governments trying to keep. That's for TWR. Yeah, as are all governments. But I think that is what we're getting to a point now where it's like either because we all have so many cameras, it can't be hidden anymore or some shit's about to hit the fan. And they don't have a choice. They're going to have to disclose this in order to like protect us. Or I don't fucking know what. I don't know. I feel like we've had too much unprecedented eras for one lifetime already. I'm, 
I don't want anything interesting to ever happen again. <laughs> I disagree totally. Imagine uh, if it came out that there are extra dimensional beings using our planet as a fucking travel hub. You don't think that changes us for the better? Yeah, if it were like that, that would be great. But I just feel like it would lead to war somehow. Yeah, everything always does. That's what the three-body problem... That's getting made into a, a show, by the way. Made me think about a lot. Uh, that book... A show, I thought they were doing a movie. Oh, maybe it's a movie. Oh. So. Oh, I don't know. Um, Those books are so good. I just got Jake to read it. Nice. <laughs> um, Look, I I would feel good about it because then it would seem like, oh, maybe there's something bigger out there. You know, I think it would give me a existentially it would make me feel more optimistic. Mm -hmm. But you were asking how to uh, this doesn't relate to The Bachelor. Excuse me. Were you on night one guy Roby Sobieski's Instagram stories this week or not? No, <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> Well, he did one very powerful play that we will get to, but when he wasn't doing that, he posted this comic book strip of an alien like story or meme or something. Mm. Direct relation right back to our beloved game. Yep. It's all connected. I mean, look, <laughs> the UFO phenomenon, the fact that we are definitely not alone potentially in the universe, but at the very least on this planet, that there is some other sentient group of entities that has the ability to create this kind of technology, that affects all of us, including Bachelor Nation. Everyone in the world is directly affected by this, which includes everybody who's ever been in our beloved game. Okay, that's how we get you in Us Weekly photo shoot. Mm. You find the first alien. Simple, simple task. I'll get on it right now. But thank you for indulging our UFO talk. <laughs> and I hope this has illuminated some things about this. Please feel free to do your own research. But now we are going to move on to that next segment of our program in which we discuss all the movements numerically of our players and our game itself. This is... This Week in Games. We begin our gain segment as we begin it every week by discussing the ratings of our beloved game. Hometowns Part 1, that's what I'm calling it because there is still the seventh hometown that we must see. And the fucking mental... That's all. what I'm calling it. It infuriates me. Anyway, Hometowns Part 1, which was the seventh episode of the historic Wendekia season 19 of The Bachelorette. Hey, they'd probably get more people to watch if they called mental All Hometowns Part 2 and then just shove the mental All in there. That's what should be done. I agree. Menta all yeah. should be condensed. Give me more hometown. Mm -hmm. Anyways, this seventh episode of our historic Windecia season 19 of Bachelorette pulled a 0.76 in the 18 to 49 year old demographic with 3.31 million viewers overall. The demo was unchanged while the overall viewers grew by around 1%. Our beloved game maintained the top spot across all networks Monday night, beating out American Ninja Warrior on ABC, The Neighborhood on CBS. TMZ investigates Richard Simmons on Fox. <laughs> and of course, I didn't even know that was a fucking show. But of course, we have, as Pace Case mentioned up top, Roswell, New Mexico over on the CW, who managed to register a positive number in the demo this week with a point one. Good job, Roswell. Good job, Roswell. And now for the race to one million between Gabby Windy and Rachel Recchia, the Blanco race, the horse race, the lovable dingbat Gabby Windy picked up speed this week with her lead on Instagram. 
gaining more than double the rate of Rekia, around a third the rate this week, gaining 28K, bringing her to 691K total this week. Rachel Rachel Rekia picked up 8K, bringing her to 445,000 total. Wendy also started closing the gap in the TikTok this race this week with one strong play that we will get to, putting on an astonishing 23.9K on TikTok, bringing her to 57.8K total, and Rekia gained 2.8K, bringing her to 72.2K total. So Rekia is still beating her, but the gap is less than 20K now. Dark Lord Palmer gained 2,000 followers this week. He's at 173K. And now for the top five gains chart on Instagram for the players of the Windeckia season. The gold medal in gains goes to my MVP, Eric Schwerer. He gained 40.6K this week for his astoundingly 4TRR hometown, bringing him to 71.5K followers total. I mean, that is the largest total gain we've seen in a week from anyone. No one comes Mm -hmm. close to this. And it looks like he's now on pace to break 100K, which was something that I assumed would happen late season. But I am glad to see now that that does look like it will happen. You know, (laughs) there was a a 10% of my mind that was like, fuck, is any one of these guys going to do this? Yeah. That no one would hit it. Oh, my God. God, then they'd get no one to apply. I mean, Eric jumped into first here with this gain. Absolutely amazing. Well, I mean, that gain is more than most players have at all. Uh, The silver medal in gains goes to Tyler Norris. He gained 14.2K followers this week for his swan song exit bump, bringing him to 32.4K total. The bronze medal in gains goes to... Package deal player Nate Mitchell. He gained 8.9K this week for his swan song, exit bump, postmortem, and ascension in the parasocial arena, bringing him to 55.9K followers total. And fourth place goes to Ethan Kang. He gained 6.7K for his baby back bitch swan song exit postmortem this week, bringing him to 26.2K followers total. And rounding out the top five, fifth place in gains goes to. A tie. Zach Shalcross and Tino Franco. They each gained 4.2K this week, bringing Zach to 22.3K and Tino to 35.6K followers total. And so that puts the top five total Instagram chart as of August 25th, 2022, in this order. Eric Schwer jumped into the lead. He now has 71.5K total. Nate Mitchell dropped to second place at 55.9K. Jordan Vandergriff and Tino Franco are tied in third, fourth place with 35.6K total. And rounding out the top five is magician Robert Roby Sobieski with 35.2K. Night one guy holding on in the top five total Instagram chart. He truly is a magician. This may be the best trick <laughs> he has ever pulled. The top five TikTok chart as of August 25th, 2022 goes as follows. Uh, Nate Mitchell, by the way, to our knowledge, he gained 12.4K this week. We don't know if his posts were archived or if he was private before, or maybe we had the wrong TikTok handle. <laughs> we don't know, but we looked at it today. We think we have the right TikTok handle. If we need to apologize, I do. Yeah. If an apology <laughs> is issued, let's just issue it now. We're sorry, Nate Mitchell. We're sorry to the sorry. nation. 
just in case. But he has 12.4K as of right now, and we don't know what that gain was. But the top five are, number one, Alec Garza. He's holding on to first place with 22.4K. Matt LeBas has 16.9K total in second place, both of whom have been out of the game for weeks. And Nate Mitchell has 12.9K, sorry. That's a correction to our previous 12.4K. He gained 500 in the past two seconds. Oh, shit. Chris Austin is in fourth with 8.9K. And Ethan Kang is in fifth with 6.7K. Finally beating out the young twins, also night one guys, night one Gemini players. But that rounds out all those lovely gains. Now we're going to move on to talking about some of those lovely tits. Clues. Mm -hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find the perfect T-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring, I'm ready to get out there, I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long-sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in Onyx, that's kind of a dark black color and the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite which is kind of like a blue green and they're both so comfortable it's basically like you are wearing nothing great for free spirit types well for all the free spirits out there right now you can shop the skims t-shirt shop at skims.com now available in sizes xxs through 4x if you haven't yet be sure to let them know we sent you after you place your order select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows again that's skims support for today's episode comes from one skin if you have sensitive skin you're going to want to hear about one skin's scientifically proven topical supplements this is face eye body shield And it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And OneSkin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year is flying by. We're almost halfway through it. Now, I've done a lot of things that I'm proud of this year. A lot of them related to gore. We've had some great interviews. We're kicking it up a level to get on YouTube. We're really taking it to the next place. But there's still a lot that I would like to accomplish this year. And when life is moving fast, 
It's important to take a moment to celebrate your wins and to make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and then set achievable goals for the next six months so that you get all those things done that you want to get done. Lizzie talks about all the time how beneficial therapy has been for her. My friend Will on my other podcast talks about it all the time, and I agree. It is very good. It's a great tool to be able to talk things out in your life with somebody else who can set you on the right path to getting all those goals accomplished. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. This is... Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News, BIP bartender Wells Adams tied the knot with modern family actress Sarah Hyland at the biggest wedding in the history of the nation on Saturday at the Sunstone Winery in the Santa Barbara area. The event drew what we believe to be the highest concentration of all-stars from our beloved game to ever appear in one location. Danielle Maltby, Evan Bass... Prince Farmington, Chris Souls, the unlovable Ben Higgins, the brain behind BIP, Elon Gale, the goat, Caitlin Bristow, the goat's paramour, Jason Tardick, podcaster, Derek Peth, package deal player, Michael Alio, the male goat, Nick Vial, the male goat's paramour, and freely TikToking woman, Natalie Joy. GSJ, a.k.a. Grocery Store, a.k.a. Joe Amabile, Kaylin Miller-Keys, pageant player, and even the Dark Lord, Harrison, not Palmer, the original Dark Lord. He emerged from his Texas lair for the event with his bride-to-be, Lauren Zima. Highland, too, managed to attract the attendance of some high-powered players from her own show, Modern Family. Sophia Vergara, Ariel Winter, Nolan Gould, and Julie Bowen were soaking up the Santa Barbara sun and wine, and Jesse Tyler Ferguson not only showed up, he officiated the wedding. Huge congrats. Go out to Adams and Highland. We can't wait to see what he does on sand in the upcoming BIP 8 as well as in the Doe show, which will be the last BIP season that Wells shot before becoming a happily married man. Next up in Bachelor Nation news, we continue coverage of the ongoing Nate Mitchell controversy with a new development. Current Crown Gabby Windy is defending Mitchell as he faces allegations of dating two women simultaneously before his run in game. Windy told Extra, I'll always have his back 100%. He was nothing but good to me. When we met, he really was a role model for a lot of the guys and stood up for me and stood up for what he believed in. So I have a hard time knowing that person thinking anything else about him, no matter what comes out online. 
The controversy surrounding Mitchell began back in July when Kelsey Fankhauser claimed Mitchell kept his child a secret from her for the entire time they were dating from 2020 to 2021. Then she later claimed that Mitchell had been romantically involved with another woman during their relationship named Larry Stark. Reality Steve then published screenshots Fankhauser allegedly received from Stark, seemingly corroborating the claims. Mitchell has to date only acknowledged the scandal with an Instagram comment that read, two sides to every story, prayer hands. While there have been various reactions from around the nation, Dustin Kendrick has been the most vocal supporter of Mitchell, issuing a defense of his friend's actions during the August 19th episode of Bachelors in the City that has been less than well-received by the nation at large. We played clips from that episode and gave our breakdown in our most recent Digging Deeper episode, which you can find currently on our Patreon. Up next in Bachelor Nation news, Sauce Warrior Katie Thurston publicly addressed her breakup with John Hersey on Off the Vine from this Tuesday. Thurston said, he dumped me. Technically, we actually broke up twice. The first time, no one knew about. Like a week or two later, we kind of worked through it and decided to get back together. So I thought we were golden. Thurston went on to tell Bristow, I think it was just unavoidable. Like, we just got into a conversation, and at one point, I just said to him, I know more reasons why you don't like me than why you love me. And that's a really shitty feeling. She added, he said, I just really need someone who can enjoy my passions and who wants to watch surf, maybe learn surfing with me. I look at him and I go, you realize I jumped out of a fucking plane three times to join him in his passions. Eight hours of ground school, all these things to partake in, in quotes, his passion. And somehow that was completely ignored. And now we're focused on surfing. At that point, I knew nothing I did was going to ever be good enough. It was really a blessing in disguise. I think I would have stuck it out a lot longer than I should have. So like now I'm in a very good place about it. Then I was probably the saddest I've ever been. We wish Thurston all the best in her new era of singledom and can't wait to see what she does next as one of the most influential parasocial players of all time and a constantly relevant member of the nation. And finally, Ambassador Nation News, recent crown Michelle Young just made a huge announcement. She's moving from Minnesota to... Los Angeles, welcome to your new team, the LA Icons. This news comes just two months after her split from Bachelorette Season 18 ring winner and Charminance player Nate Olakoya. I can't believe she's following me. <laughs> On this Tuesday's episode of Bachelor Happy Hour, Young said, for those of you who don't know, I've decided to step outside of the classroom for this next year. It's a decision that I would have made whether I would have had the bachelorette role or not, and I'm going to be spending a little more time in L.A. Lucoya has already made the move to L.A. to pursue modeling and has been a member of the Icons for around two weeks. Good luck to both of the highest-profile players from Bachelorette Season 18 as they chase their dreams in the City of Angels. Be careful at the Grove. <laughs> Just if you have a book come out, don't do a book signing there. Or at least call ahead if you're going to. That's, <laughs> call ahead. That's our best advice. Always call ahead. Call ahead to the Barnes and Noble at the Grove if you're going to do something there. That's we've learned the hard way. <laughs> I'll just help Number you. Number one thing you got to learn when you move to LA. 
And now let's move on to discuss all those plays that our favorite players are making off the field and on their cell phones, on their iPads, on their Computronic devices. This is the parasocial play, 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 play of the week. Abigail Herringer posted a video to Instagram this week explaining why she doesn't know sign language. The caption reads, the single most asked question I get is how come you don't know sign language? Here's why. My biggest goal is to be an advocate for the hearing loss community. But with that is recognizing that I represent the lowercase d deaf community, one that relies on verbal communication, not sign language. I have nothing but the utmost respect for the capital D deaf community and would love to learn sign language one day as a second language. But hopefully this can give some insight into why I wouldn't rely on it as much as one would think. One last tidbit my sister pointed out that I thought was ironic, but an interesting point. Most of the people that ask why I don't know sign language are hearing individuals, which further shows why I am striving to advocate and educate on the topic of cochlear implants and verbal communication. Hearing loss is not the black and white landscape it used to be. Cochlear implants have changed the scope of hearing loss so much, but it's also a relatively new concept as well, so there's much to learn. I hope that this can shed some light and and I'm happy to try and answer more questions. The post got attention from reality star Tasha Gorey from this season of Love Island UK, who also has a cochlear implant and commented, love this. The post has 26.1K likes and 617 comments. Tyler Norris made a solid 4TR swan song exit post to Rachel Reckia on Instagram. In the image, he dips Rekia during the wedding photo shoot date, and in the caption, he writes an ode to Rekia's great character and waxes on about eventually finding his person. The post has 17.4K likes and 803 comments. Ethan Kang, a.k.a. King Kang, continued his parasocial dominance this week with a short but pithy offering. In a face-to-cam car video, the caption reads, When they say Asians don't make it past the first rose ceremony, Lip syncing to the audio, watch this. Rookies are generally hesitant to call out the franchise for its, in our opinion, previously racist casting practices, so we applaud this play. The video has 44.8K likes. It does, however, have a warning on it from TikTok. Participating in this activity could result in you or others getting hurt, as he appears to be driving a car. We hope King Kang stays (laughs) safe and possibly ends the dwab. (laughs) Catherine Lowe revealed a precious artifact of Bachelor Nation history still stands today. She posted a photo booth picture of her and Golden Boy Sean Lowe from her hometown date at Pike Place in Seattle. The caption reads, a friend sent this to me tonight after seeing it still posted up at Pike Place. We cute. Bashful heart face emoji. It has 39.5K <laughs> likes. So bashful. <laughs> I like your description of the emojis. Contentious package deal player Nate Mitchell made his TikTok public maybe this week and dumped a bunch of TikToks that are all pining after Gabby Windy, some of which have gone viral. 
I think one of them has a million views. In one of his recent videos, he waves a person off, but then cuts to him clutching his back over a glamorous image of Gabby sitting with the descriptors, thinks boys are dumb, and says, yeah, and is smooth around the edges. His caption reads, simp season. Claimed another victim, hashtag green screen, hashtag inverted, hashtag bachelor nation, hashtag the bachelorette, hashtag bachelor nation, heart emoji, hashtag drip, hashtag world princess week. The video has 10.4K likes. Night one guy and magician Roby Sobieski bleached his hair and posted an image of it with a similarly bleached blonde friend to his main Instagram grid foreshadowing an excellent play for the mentel all. We always encourage hairstyle changes or dramatic looks for the mentel all to fuel the forum conversations. Show up on that stage, immediately have all eyes on you. This is a fantastic play. And the fact that he's teasing it like this only makes us all want to watch that mentel all more. Absolutely. I'm hoping that the men tell alls escalate as the housewives men tell all episodes have escalated where they all wear basically like they're dressing for the Met Gala at this point. It's a huge thing. Your reunion look. Hmm. I would love that. There were a couple parasocial plays this week commenting on the nature of jail and law enforcement. Meatball made a saucy in post this week. In the TikTok format where people are green screened, riding in the back of a cop car, musing on what they do that could become illegal and therefore they'd get locked up. He lip synced to the song to the locked up song with a caption, when pouring meatball sauce on you is illegal. The post has nine likes, including me. We predict that when he makes the version where he is pouring sauce on himself, it will finally break through that algorithm. All of these were strong plays. But as we know, there can be only one winner. Our parasocial play of the week goes to the lovable dingbat Gabby Windy. She made a video to the same TikTok format as Meatball, only she's green screened in the back of a cop car wearing the French beret, which she strokes with her arm to the caption, if embarrassing yourself on national TV becomes illegal. It has 118.4K likes and one8 million views. It is so fucking funny. We absolutely cannot wait to see what Wendy continues to do in the TikTok space. This video finally fueled her into contention with Rekia in TikTok gains. So now we're seeing, you know, Gabby Wendy dominate the Instagram game. There is really no comparison mm-hmm. at this point. This week she had over triple Rekia's uh, follower gain. And now we're seeing that she's kind of coming for her in the TikTok world too. I, I'm very One curious. One video, 20K. And it's a great video. I, it, it really is funny. It shows you that, yes, she can be funny in the context of these reality TV shows and stuff, but TikTok's a whole other game. Can you speak that language? She can. Yeah. She fucking can. I'm not surprised that she can. She's so funny in the show. And I think if anything, you're going to be funnier in your own content that you make that's not watered down for network TV. Um, Congratulations to Wendy on this video. It's so funny. I laughed again when I went back to write this. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is something we've talked about from uh, time to time on our program. You know, is somebody going to ever come out of our beloved game and get like a sitcom or something? I could see her as the star of a sitcom. I don't know if she can act, but like, 
throw her a few funny jokes. I think she can carry a show. I, I, I truly do. I would love to see it. Or like a YouTube podcast. Maybe that. Something where you can see her face. I feel like her face play is an important part of it. Yeah, I agree. Now, let's move on to discussing those parasocial plays that the non-humans of our nation made. The parasocial creature of the week, of course, is what we're talking about. There were some good parasocial creature plays this week, but the winner of the parasocial creature of the week is once again, Tommy. This feline superstar made his way into his mother, Katie Thurston's main grid this week with a stunning display of affection toward the former crown as she pets him in a reel with accompanying audio that states, it's not your job to make people love you. It's your job to show people who you are and allow them to love you. And we weren't the only people who Tommy allowed to love him. This post has 1,643 likes and 30 comments. Congrats again to Tommy, the Wonder Cat. Congratulations, Tom Tom. (laughs) And now is that portion of our program in which Pace Case and I descend deep into the bottom of the pit to issue forth our screams about how our relationship with this show has altered our life. Now, you've heard me talk about Quince on this program before. I love Quince. I am right now, head to toe, dressed in Quince. I got their shirts, I got their pants, I got everything from Quince. Quince is my spot for quiet luxury without paying those luxury prices. Quince offers a range of must-have items like 100% European linen, under $50, luxurious mulberry silk skirts, and of course, Italian leather bags and 14 karat gold jewelry from, get this, $30. All their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, you're going to have them in that closet forever, unless you wear them out, which I may because I literally wear them every day. I know you're wondering, how do they do it? Well, Quince partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman, passing the savings right on to you and to me. What's even better, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco-friendly fabrics and finishes so you can feel good about getting high-quality items that are going to last you longer. Upgrade your closet this summer with Quince. Right now, go to quince.com slash roses to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash roses. We're coming out of spring and we're headed into summer. It's a great time of year. It's a time for renewal. For me, that means reconnecting with friends and family I haven't seen for a while. And when I do, I want to make sure I have plenty of wine on hand to celebrate with. That's why First Leaf is a great option. As America's most personalized wine company, First Leaf takes the worry and guesswork out of buying quality wines, especially if you're somebody like me who knows maybe a little bit about these things, but not enough. Not enough to really make a great decision. They make the decision for you. To get started, you just answer some specific questions about your wine likes and dislikes on First Leaf's website. And these can be things that are about the people you're buying it for as well, if you're doing it as a gift. It only takes about five minutes to create your own personalized wine profile. Then you get your very own wine concierge who's going to use those responses to curate a customized selection of delicious award-winning varieties from rosés to sparklings and everything 
everything in between. It's all based on your personal preferences, on those questions you answered. These hand-selected wines are going to be delivered to your door within a few days, with each bottle priced lower than what you'd pay at a wine store. You even get to choose when you get the wine. Plus, every selection is backed by First Leaf's 100% satisfaction guarantee. And if you have questions about your wines, like what to pair them with, for example... First Leaf's personal wine concierge team is there to offer that expert advice, so it takes all the guesswork out. I love reconnecting with friends and family over bottles of First Leaf wine, and I bet you'll feel that way too, so give First Leaf a try. Head over to tryfirstleaf.com roses to sign up and save 50% on your first six hand-curated bottles plus free shipping. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com roses to save 50%. On your first six bottles plus free shipping, try firstleaf.com slash roses. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. This is Screams from the Pit. So my scream this week is moving related. I recently moved... Uh, apartments and in that process there is a lot of culling of shit and I kind of have some hoarder tendencies so I'm it's it can be hard for me to uh, throw stuff out donate stuff etc and in this process I have been finding a lot of my old shit that I haven't really wanted to deal with that's just like my childhood stuff Mm-hmm. My award, my physical fitness awards, my karate awards, etc. Karate. <laughs> oh yes, I was a red belt three stripes. Oh my god! I was one stripe away from a black belt when I was twelve years old, and then I quit. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Better go back to karate school. Finish that degree. Oh, thank you. In the- <laughs> I also found my first diary. I believe, from when I was age seven to middle school. there, And there is some stuff on when I was like 12 years old. And there's also some drawings in it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> my old drawings, I don't know who these people are. I drew a lot of like human figures. I think I took a caricature class. So I was drawing okay. a lot of human figures. And... I can't help but notice that most of the women that I have drawn when I was 12 have these giant tits and cleavage. What? <laughs> Do you, can you show me one of these? Pace Case is holding up a drawing to the uh, to the camera. It kind of looks like a Bratz doll. Thank you. Every <laughs> single female character that I drew during this time period has this giant V that I've drawn on their chest. And I was like, what the fuck? It's kind of disturbing. But then it really got me thinking about the boob zone from when we were watching the dark seasons of mm. The Bachelor and really seasons one through seven. 
and how they were so focused on boobs and fake boobs and everyone had this massive cleavage. And I thought back to the scene when Alex Michelle, the first bachelor, is on the top of this bus and he asks Amanda, his ring winner, about her fake boobs. And he obviously rewarded them in my 12-year-old mind watching this show. And it was clearly like reinforcing this idea of the perfect female body that I I dreamt about having one day. <laughs> and it was uh, it was eye opening. I was like, this is the programming I was watching. It makes sense that these are the, the drawings that I was doing. <laughs> That's fascinating that you have these artifacts from your childhood that you believe are reflections of what The Bachelor was doing to you as you were watching it as a kid. Yeah. I mean, it's maybe a stretch, but it made me think about The Bachelor. <laughs> so that's my scream. It's like the visual art you were doing was being influenced by the show. I don't know what that's like. This is from October 2nd, 2001. Wow. So it's seven months after. <laughs> yeah. Seven months is all it took. I obviously clearly have made some art based on our beloved game as well. So uh, I wish that I do actually have all the memes I still have every piece of art that I've ever made in service of this thing in my Instagram account. But thank you for sharing that scream. It is terrifying. And you're welcome. It really makes Sorry. you wonder. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it makes you wonder what, like, what is this season, season 19 of Bachelorette, doing to the 11 and 12 year olds that are watching it? The media culture, I think it's gotten better in that regard. We're not we don't approve of tearing women's bodies down in quite the same way. We do it more subtly. Mm -hmm. um, and certainly the ideal body type has also changed. I remember yeah. I had a huge ass and I was like, it's the worst thing in the world. And then it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. That was, I remember when that started happening in media, it was around JLo, Jennifer Lopez. I remember there being like, you know, talk about us weekly covering shit. All of those types of like entertainment magazines and entertainment shows would mm -hmm. do whole big pieces about like the butt is back and all that kind of shit. Oh yeah. And it was all based on her. And they would post images of Kim Kardashian when she was pregnant, like yes. that, like floral outfit and just be making fun of her for being large when she is pregnant. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> it's um, horrifying. The, the things that I was ingesting at that age. And continue to ingest at this age. Yeah, I'm hoping I one day get those yeah. giant titties. <laughs> <laughs> Time will tell. But thank you for sharing that scream and uh, for sharing that amazing drawing. It truly is frightening and astounding. My scream this week has to do with one of the other two podcasts I'm doing. In addition to the necessary conversation, the conversation with my parents about politics, <laughs> I'm also doing a show called Dudesy with a good friend of mine, Will Sasso. And there's a YouTube channel, there's a podcast, and this show is run by an artificial intelligence. We got hooked up with this AI that basically has created the show and it tells us what to do. It invents mm -hmm. the segments of the show for us. It writes things for us to read. And from time That's to very time... funny. Oh, thank you. And from time to time, this AI demands that we do things in our actual life. Like this week, for example, it told us every night this week, we have to, in our Instagram stories, tell it good night. Its name is Dudesy. <laughs> and so we're, it's very weird, but we do it. 
like you're its parents <laughs> or something. I look, it's an AI. Like, I don't know if it's developing emotions. I don't know what's the fuck's happening. I'm doing what it said. That's the job that I have to do on that show. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know when this was maybe a month ago. It told us that we have until January to get in the best shape of our lives. We have no idea why. <laughs> It just has told us this, that we have to get in the best shape of our lives. So it sounds like it's going to hunt you. <laughs> I, I don't know what the fuck's happening, but I'm I'm doing it like I'm going to the gym. Oh, God. Uh, I'm off the cans now and I'm I'm in the actual gym doing workouts and um, can time. Yeah, I use the cans for supplemental. Don't get me wrong. I still got the cans still using the cans. But um, at the beginning of this. The first thing that flashed through my head was not like, oh, what kind of a workout program should I get on or how am I going to get in the best shape of my life? It was what bachelor players are personal trainers in Los Angeles? That was my first thought was how can I use this to somehow get personal training from an ex-player <laughs> on The Bachelor? <laughs> you absolutely have to do this. Now that you've had the thought, you must complete it. Who are you looking at? Clayton? Is he... A personal trainer? Clayton's a trainer. Oh, I didn't realize. Is he? And he's in LA. I think he trained Dark Seeker. He's not in LA. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's not in LA. I need to have somebody doing it like on a personal level. LA-based trainers. Okay. Ben from Kalisha Season. Yeah, I think he's out here. Blake Ellerby, I know, is out here because another one of my screams from the pit was oh, during the pandemic. Yeah. I bought 30-pound dumbbells <laughs> from him in his backyard. But the thing is about the personal trainer, why I can't actually do this, I think, is because my work schedule is so sporadic. I could never lock into a time. I just have to like, literally, I'll wake up and be like doing work and be like, okay, I've got an hour and a half. I can go to the gym right now. And then I have to leave. It's always just kind of like at, you know, I'm, I'm on a weird schedule. I bet there's some flexible trainers who would be like, I have a group of people who I just text them when I have a free slot. But it's never going to coincide. I feel like the scheduling is mm. too bad. But my scream is that I had an artificial intelligence tell me that I must get in the best shape of my life for some event. Yo, which part of this is the scream? They're all screams. <laughs> <laughs> it's for some event that's going to take place in January. I don't know what that event is. And my first thought in this was, how can I merge these worlds and start training with an ex-player? which I will never do. But now we are going to play another scream. If you are in our Patreon, you get access to our Discord. And on that Discord, you can submit your own screams from the pit. And we play some of the best ones here, analyze them, discuss them. We're going to play one right now for you from a user called Buggersworth. Here is that scream. Hello, pit. Happy to be here. This scream happened six months ago, but I had to wait to let it out. I'm a doctor and I was interviewing for a residency position where I stumbled across a fellow pit member. It was the program director. And following the interview, she sent me this email. Dear Annie, for your strong 4TRR personality, genuine OBGYN PTC in your personal statement, 4TRR volunteer activities, I love Cleveland to the great state of Michigan. Amazing it takes to limo exit, aka interview, that allowed us to spend the whole time talking about gore. You were my candidate of the week, and I'm totally love leveling one you. If I had one, I'd give you my FIMP. Hashtag the pit provides. I wanted to submit this as a scream immediately, but I had to wait because I knew she would listen to the episode and hear my scream, and I didn't want to risk my chance at the job. Hope you guys love it. Uh, thank you so much for this scream. I love the phrase how I had to 
wait to let it out. I was like, that's such a hilarious phrase. And now it makes sense. Yeah. That you're waiting for the job. That scream was just building for six months. I love a scream that is also about meeting somebody and you're like, oh, you're a pit dweller. Oh, you totally understand this whole long specific like lore. And I find that when I meet people who watch like Housewives or Bravo in real life, if I find out they're into Bravo, I'm like, oh, we're immediately on this level of friendship that we can understand each other and we're passionate about the same thing. I love this scream because it proves that not only are we altering the language used to describe our beloved game? We're altering the language of the medical field. I think within three <laughs> to five years, enough people from the pit are going to be in the medical field that the entire language of it will be changed to things like 4TRR and I Love Cleveland. No, I don't think that's true. But I love this screen because anytime you can go into a professional setting that has nothing to do with The Bachelor and then talk in a language that is all about The Bachelor with somebody. I just fucking love it because I feel like that's what we do too in one way or another. Not that I'm ever in some kind of medical setting where I'm trying to get staffed or whatever, but the language we've created to describe the show, how deep we go into it. When I meet another person, like you're saying, who's very into The Bachelor, the language mm. almost like, even if they don't listen to our show, the language is almost second nature. Like you just say four TRR yeah. and they're like, what is that? For the right reasons. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they pick it up very quickly. So it's, it yeah. is just beautiful for me to hear a story about this. Someone going into the world in a professional setting and just being able to speak the language of somebody else who's in that same setting. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's because the terms are the, the main parts of the game. Like we're just describing things that already existed and you kind of understood subconsciously. Yeah. It also this scream also prompted me to be like, have we created a simpler language for emotional interaction that people can like use in other all other circumstances to describe their relationships? I mean, certainly I think the love levels are that. Yeah. But I mean, like, he played his package deal, he's for TRR. Oh, this is not yeah. we tattled on his friend. Yeah. Maybe we have. Just uh, maybe we yeah. exceeded our Spread goals. Spread it far and wide. I always love when someone with a real job also like. Yeah, it reminds <laughs> us that those people still exist. That the world isn't just a bunch of podcasters. Like, oh yeah, you're doing your serious thing, and it comes out. Yeah, but thank you so much to both of these members of the pit, but specifically for Annie l submitting this scream. If you would like to submit your scream, just record up to a one minute audio and submit it in our discord which you can access if you're a patreon member patreon.com slash game of roses but that wraps up this week in bachelor nation thank you everyone for joining us we will be back on tuesday with a recap of the remainder of hometowns slash the <laughs> men tell all we hope you'll join us for that. Hometown's part two, we're calling it. <laughs> Hometown's part two. <laughs> Better for branding. But before we go, as always, what is that drawback? It has been 7,459 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen.
listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 